My brothers and my sisters, uh, we have gathered here today for another Humble Podcast Brag Podcast with your host, uh, Zachary Dupre. Yo, yo. What's up, thug? What up, player? I was like, it's the Huggish Raggish What? You remember that song by Bone Thugs and Harmony? No. Oh, you don't remember Saga Shrugger's Bone? Great song. No, I don't know any Bone Thugs and Harmony, dude. What do I really? look like? You don't like Bone Thugs and Harmony? I don't. I, w- I won't go so far as to say I don't like them. I just have never listened to their shit. If I've heard any of it, it's the shit everybody's heard, and I couldn't name the song or like bring it. To oh no! You, you gotta listen to it to like one album, a full album. It's good. I know you, you like it. I know you'd be liking that Trillville South type bullshit. Where are Bone Thugs from? The South, Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, so not the South. <laughs> Definitely not the South, dude. <laughs> anyway, They're from Cleveland, I fucking been doing nothing, binging fucking documentaries and shit lately, dude. Because I got, I fucking, I I was lucky for a long time. I had a streak of luck with like the shit that was going on in life. And something really great has happened. I got an amazing girlfriend now. But, dude, I hit a string of bad luck, homie. Ooh. Yeah. And I told everybody, I was like, dude, my luck's going to run out. I'm telling you, this is how my life goes. For a little while, I'm really lucky. And fucking everything works out really good. And then, boom, everything fucks up. What fucked up? What was the first thing that fucked up on you? Well, shit. Um, Me and Aaron worked together and everything. And fucking there was this huge deal, like, because of the fact we worked together, like, the owner that we were working for is a fucking scumbag, dude. And he was cool in the beginning, but then he realized he was losing out on tons of money. Uh, He was losing tons of money on the place. He thought being a new business owner, he was going to buy it. And then it was just like, oh, let's pimp this place out with TVs and fucking all kind of unnecessary shit we don't need. And then he realized this fucking store has been here for like 20 years. And fucking (laughs) we got there. I mean, there's actually repairs that got to be done. So then once he was over his head with all these repairs and shit, he turned into this fucking dick, started cutting everybody's hours. All these people, he claimed that we were family and he cared about us and shit. He just started being ruthless about like screwing people out of money and just anything he could do to penny pinch and fuck people over. And so me and her got together and fucking just some shit went down. He found out about it. And then he just fucking forced her to transfer to another store and just pulled all this shady bullshit, even though he claimed to be my great friend and all this and just turned on me. And then next thing I know, he fired me out of nowhere, like for no reason. And, uh, he hit, like he was hitting up. I just blocked him on everything. Cause I was like, that ain't the kind of friend I want, you know? Then he was reaching out to all kind of people that were my friends from the place, begging me to come back, talking about, I was wrong. And you don't even have to apologize. You have your job back as soon as you want it. Like just come up here. And I was like, this motherfucker's just struggling. Cause he done ran everybody off and he just needs people now. You know what I mean? So he don't give a fuck. He's not sorry. He don't fucking care about anybody up there. He's a heartless bastard. So I was like, that ain't somebody I want to work for, let alone be friends with or associate with at all. So I've had no job for a while now. And just when I had another pizza gig lined up, because that's what I'm trying to continue doing because the hustle is great. Uh, you know, then my car fucks up, dude. And it's been, you know, like a week now that I've had no car. And so this a lot of shit went wrong with it. Um, had a wreck a while back where I ended up in a ditch and it was just, I didn't hit anybody or anything, but I ended up in a ditch and it fucked 
some shit up that over time got worse, you know, just, right. from, you know, the bottom of my car scraping the frame, scraping against stuff, you know, bottoming out or whatever unintentionally. And so it just got worse and worse to where it caused all kinds of fucked up problems. So there for a little bit, I was like, dude, I got no car. I don't know what I'm going to do. Should I trade this shit in and get negative equity, go upside down on the loan? Cause I still owe like eight, 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 eighty five hundred dollars on this bitch like what am i supposed to do and then I, I reached out to my insurance and they were like yeah we'll cover it and i was like fuck yeah dude. what so yeah yeah we're talking like four grand four or five grand worth of repairs that 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 all stemmed from this little bitty wreck that wasn't a big deal um and they they were like yeah we got it all covered except for your 750 dollars deductible and i was like i'll pay 750 to get my shit back running because for me being in the pizza game and shit like my car is my office like without it right. being tip-top shape like i can't work and that's pretty much now now that i've gotten older pretty much been my like i don't know the the thing i want to do because it's such a good gig i love driving around like i love the kind of people you meet in a pizza place and shit like that so i want to keep doing that but without a car you know couldn't do that so i had to tell my new gig like check it out i was just about to start with y'all then my car went through all this shit and they were like it's all good fam like we'll we'll take care of you just bring us your receipts from your car or whatever and we'll you know you can start as soon as your car gets fixed so everything kind of worked out but for a while it's been kind of tough you know but yeah they say bad things happen in threes right (laughs) that's true so i lost my job i uh, lost my car and i don't know what the third one would be hopefully there ain't a third one incoming as i knock on wood right now so wait back to this guy the the owner of this other pizza place did he like when you first start when he first started owning the business did he come in and saying like oh you guys like family i'm gonna treat you good Oh, yeah. Sort of shit. Yeah. So he took over about a month after I had been there and Aaron was essentially running the store at that point. Um, and the owners wanted to get rid of it or whatever. So a dude that used to work there as a driver was good friends with a guy that owns a bunch of chicken expresses and fucking, you know, uh, other Mr. Jim's pizzas and shit all over the place and shit like that. So he was like, they went into business together and we're like, we're going to buy out Weatherford. So they did. And in the beginning, the first several months, like we had a Christmas party together, Thanksgiving party, like everyone was tight knit. We were all family and we all would agree. Like this is the best place ever to work. Like it's so great. Everybody loves everybody. We're a family, you know? And then once all these repairs and all this bullshit and it became a money hustle, then he just turned on everybody. He was like, I don't give a fuck about these people. Like I'm losing money. So fuck them and shit. And then, you know, there was an instance where he tried to involve me in some drama at work and he was always, trying to spread rumors about everybody and fucking really get in drama and shit he's an ex like a high school teacher slash coach so he loves the young drama and shit like that and i should have seen that before when i was his friend like that that was kind of sketchy but then he just he tried to warp me against one of my good friends that went back from even before mr jim's and i was just like look i don't i think we should keep this relationship professional you know because like this kind of stuff, like this personal stuff is going to affect how I look at you at work. And I just don't want all that. So I tried to, you know, tell him, like, I don't think we should be friends in that way anymore. And he said, well, I'm deeply offended by all of this and so on and so forth. And I told him, well, it's not going to affect my work. Right. Like just because I don't want to be best buds or whatever. He was like, no, it won't affect nothing. It's, it's nothing like that. I, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way, but it, it, when it comes to business, it'll be no big deal. And then he started doing little passive aggressive shit at work to try to, get right. me to lose out on tips and lose out on money I was making. And I was Wait, just what like, do you do to get to lose out on tips? Oh, he was well, he was doing things like getting management to post notes that said, like, 
drivers are not allowed to take more than one delivery at a time without asking permission and shit like that. And I found out later on that he only did that to try to dick with my money because he knew that I was always the one, like I hustled at that bitch. Like I was quick. I was good to the customers. Like I did everything I was supposed to do. The fact that I was quick and nice to people and shit, I made good money, you know? And he all like, he never in the beginning had any problem with that. He was like, it's cool that you work so hard and that you're aggressive about, you know, making money and stuff. And he was all for it. But then once he turned on me, he was like, Oh no, I can't have him making all the money. So then he started just doing little things to try to dick with the amount of deliveries I got to take and just a little passive aggressive shit at work that just was uncalled for, you know? And I, I found out, later that he was doing all this shit directed at me but i always knew you know what i mean because it was right after you always I had a hint, I, right yeah because it was right after i told him I, we shouldn't be homies anymore and then he started doing shit like this and i was like i know the management isn't the ones making this call like it's him telling them to do it because they don't care you know everybody liked me up there we i was they told me like he, he other people up there told me i was like popular with the people up there i was like i ain't never been fucking popular before so this is awesome <laughs> So, like, I loved my coworkers and shit like that. So, the whole getting fired and everything like that, I was dumbfounded. And I just told him, so my understanding that night, I told him, my understanding is that you're firing me and I'm not allowed to come back. Even though I've never gotten written up, I've always done my job exactly like I'm supposed to do it. I get along with everybody here. You never see me sitting around not working. Like, I'm always working hard. And I was like, but, and yet, you're going to fire me. And it was over this, uh, they had the AC units were out in the store. And so, people were like, you know. He, he took this position of, I don't want to put you guys through hell, even though it's like 96 degrees in the store. Right. I don't want to put it's you guys hot. through You're hell. baking pizzas. Yeah, next to a 450-degree oven and shit. And it was killing everybody. People were outside puking, and he was filming people puking, which is weird. What? Yeah, I don't know if he was you know sending that to people to say, like, look at the conditions we're in or what. But he was filming people puking out back. And he said it that night, he said, if anybody feels uncomfortable and working in this situation, I'm not going to tell anybody they can't go home, you know, because I understand that this isn't fair. Well, he kept asking my opinion, like, do you think I should close the store or do you think what do you think I should do? And I told him, I think it's in your best interest to close the store because there's like teenagers you've got working for you in there slaving in the heat. And it's just not leaving a good impression or a good taste in people's mouths if you continue to let this go on, you know, so several people went home. And there near the end of the night, I was like, look, I ain't, I haven't eaten anything. I'm, I'm the only driver left. So I'm running all these deliveries. I don't have time to stop getting anything to eat. I'm overheated in the store and shit. So I think I'm going to go home. And he just like scowled at me and turned away. And so I, I said, after I go on these deliveries, I'm going to come back. I'm going to go home. So he just scowled at me. So I came back um, and I just, you know, started counting down my money and everything. And he came in there and he's like, well, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, I'm counting my money. Like I told you, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and bail, you know. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't, I, I'm not trying to work in this right now. I feel like shit, just like everybody else. And so I'm, I've made the decision, like you said, to go home. And he was like, oh, well, you're not going to tell me what you're going to do and all this shit, try to go on a tangent to me and stuff. And I was like, all right, man, whatever. So he walked away and it crossed my mind. Like if I just do what he wants me to do and be like, you know what, I'll just work through it or whatever. Then maybe and you're his it bitch won't. forever. Yeah, I'm not only am I his bitch, but maybe I can, you know, not get in trouble or whatever. But I was just like, dude, fuck this guy because he's already, you know, transferred my girlfriend over some bullshit and fucking is just being a conniving asshole. He did all this getting rid of her just to bring in some cunt that he wanted to run the store and everything. And it was just all a fucking fiasco. And he, he's just such a con artist and a piece of shit that I was like, I was going to stick it out, though. I was even after he transferred Aaron and moved in new garbage management and everything i was gonna stick it out but that night you was, was gonna 
stick it out. And yeah, wait, so he that. hired he hired a a bitch to run the store. She was already hired, but he had had this plot in the background to get rid of the management so that he could make her the management. And he had already turned all of us against her because he defended her on this one nonsense issue and told us basically we were all under the gun if she decided to quit. And I'm like, that's not how a fucking team works. If some pussy says I'm going to quit, you don't punish everybody else on the team. You say sayonara, bitch. The team's going to go on without you. It's going to move you know on. I mean? It's going to we're going to grow without you. Yeah. But but he threatened to it was our fault and that was his number one golden girl. And if she left, then we were all fucked and all this kind of stuff. And so we hated her. And that his whole goal was to get, you know, Aaron and other management out of there so he could move her into a position of power. You think he just wanted to fuck this girl? That's what we're thinking is that he had a side thing and that he was fucking her or whatever. He has a wife and shit, but I doubt they fuck or do anything. You know what I mean? They probably he's a fucking wretched alcoholic that just sits around and gets blasted on gabapentin and shit like that all the time. He's a fucked up individual. I I wouldn't care if he heard this fucking podcast or if work out and out. <laughs> he's a piece of trash and I fucking hate him can't stand him he's a garbage human being and he doesn't deserve my forgiveness for being a dick but anyway he that night i told him so so my understanding is if i leave i'm fired and i can't come back and he was like yeah because you're not going to tell me what you're going to do and i didn't even argue with him like the point of it being you told people they could go home if they weren't feeling good i don't feel good so i'm going to go home and yet i'm not allowed i'm fired if i do it but other people are leaving like what the fuck so I just didn't even argue with him. I just turned around, gave him a brisk fuck you, and didn't come back. And oh, then you said the, fuck you, dude? Hell oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I turned around, and as I was walking away, I just said, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. And uh, so then um, I started the next few days getting texts because I'd already blocked his number and all that bullshit. And I started getting texts from friends that worked there that are like, Tim really wants you to come back and so on and so forth. And I was just like, man, fuck this piece of shit. Like I would ever go work for that douchebag. You know what I mean? After treating me that way and stuff. There's just no way to treat people, man. So I oh, went he to realized stuff. he realized that that he fucked up. He knew he was wrong, and he knew that not only did he lose a valuable worker, but I think he realized he lost somebody that was only tried to be a good friend to him for a long time. You know, I tried to do my best to be his friend and listen, hear him out when he was telling me shit about work. Nobody should be telling their co- their underlings about work, and I just tried to be cool with him and shit like that. And he just fucking stabbed me in the back, fired me for no reason, and was just a cunt and i was just like i'll never work for somebody like that so i'm i moved on dog. were y'all um were y'all friends like actual friends hung out and shit uh yeah at work and stuff not outside of work but we had functions and stuff at work that he i considered him a friend yeah we talked all the time i we both kind of stayed up late so we'd talk on into the night just through texts and stuff like that about all kinds of stuff you know he, we liked a lot of similar things he's an older guy in his 40s but we had a lot in common and he i mean he's not true evil or anything but he's he is a piece of shit but you know i was his friend right well at least he saw shoe colors now and he won't go back to that place yeah, no, I, that's that's terrible. You know what I mean? That to me, it, what it reminded me of is friendships that I had in the past that once I broke free of those friendships, like my life got way better, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't need that negative energy in your life. Yeah. I don't need somebody that's not a real friend that's just going to backstab me if I do one wrong thing. Th- this guy's thing was just he loves you to death and he'll do anything for you. But the second you do something he doesn't like, he's out to get you. He'll he'll get he'll fucking take you for everything you're worth hmm, work, got a you know quick I mean? switch yeah passive aggressive as shit won't say anything to your face just go behind your back and talk talk shit to, on you. Uh, talk to you about other with other people right that type shit it's just pitiful and despicable that a grown-ass man can have the passive aggressive nature of a fucking 10 year old you know what i mean like, <laughs> 
it's just it, it sickens me, dude. It sickens me about all that situation. So now if they're struggling up there without people and shit like that, I don't fucking feel any remorse for it. Some of the people up there are my friends and I wish they weren't having to go through it. But, you know, as far as he's concerned, I hope he's having to bust his ass and work his ass off. I hope it's miserable for him and he's losing out on time in his personal life. So he has to actually be up there and fucking help, which he never did before. He never helped. Hope, huh? <laughs> yeah. He sat out back and smoked cigarettes and fucking drank 99s and shit like that. Without really? helping nobody. Yeah, he's fucked up, man. He was never supposed to own anything. I, I, I hope his whole shit tanks, you know what I mean? Like, I feel bad for my friends that are still there, uh, you know, like, because I got some real cool homies that work there that I got love for and shit. And, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to see this motherfucker succeed, and I don't see any way that he will, you know what I mean? Like, if this is what he does to people, like, it's just going to inevitably be a revolving door of people coming in and out because nobody's going to want to work for that prick, you know? Right. Wow. Anyway, I never hear I about like you never hear about people um that were or was a delivery driver and then becoming the owner of the place. <laughs> they don't think that worked that too well. Usually, it was because of who he was friends with. Uh, um, which I'm not gonna say anybody's first last names or anything like that, but it was because of somebody he was associated with that was a good friend that he went into business with. Who I can't understand now after seeing his true colors why this person would ever want to be his homie or go into business with him or anything because he actually is a human piece of shit but it, the crazy thing is this other guy that co-owned that store um he owned a chicken express where post malone actually worked have i told you that no what <laughs> yeah fucking post post malone worked at one of these guys one of this guy's uh, chicken expresses i don't know in what town or whatever but he legitimately worked there and they said that um uh, Post Malone was the best way they could describe him was he was the stupidest smart person you could ever meet. Like he was vastly intelligent, but at the same time, just a numbskull, like just an idiot. And they no said he was, <laughs> yeah, he was stupid and smart at the same time. And if you watched him on Joe Rogan and shit, you can kind of see a little bit of that because he's kind of a dumbass. But oh, did at the same you watch time, the interview? He, How fucked up was he? <laughs> I, well, I watched the the podcast episode. Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was blasted, but he fucking, uh, you could tell that he's an idiot, but he knows about stuff too. You know, he's, he's, he studied some stuff anyway. He's not completely an idiot on everything he's talking about, but I got that impression too. I was like, he's a dipshit, but he's not completely retarded, you know, but they said that he was up there at that chicken express trying to sell shoes and shit is what he would do. And they told him like, you can't be doing that here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't sell your Jordans here. Yeah. But I think fucking the owner of the Weatherford store wanted me to be his Post Malone because when he first met me, I showed him that I rapped and stuff and he thought it was amazing. And I gave him isolating or whatever. And he thought it was cool. And after that, he wanted me to be his his Post Malone or whatever. You know, his Kyle Malone. Yeah. Holy shit. I ain't going to be no Post Malone. I promise you that. Wasn't Post Malone in the metal scene? Yes, he was. Uh, to my understanding, he was a. Uh, metal guitarist and auditioned or something for several metal bands or one band that was in the area and uh, they he didn't get the the spot in the band and then from there he just pursued other musical avenues and that was rap that's my understanding i could be wrong that's just the 
understanding of a dude who can never remember jack shit about anything but that's why i'm that's why i'm for real stupid like you know like i don't know anything about anything but that's the that's the gist of what i got is that he used to be a metal guitarist that scene kind of failed for him so he moved on to rap post malone uh yeah i am a fan of post malone i think that he's got a really interesting like vibrato to his voice and shit that's pretty unique i think in if you want to make it in the music industry you got to have like a quirk or a gimmick like some kind of thing about you that your voice is different from other voices and shit so i think like a lot of his appeal comes from that like vibrato that he has in his voice when he's hitting those you know those hooks and stuff like that and i like he has several good songs that i really enjoy um but i don't i, I don't buy his cds or jack off to every song or anything do you like uh do you like uh big sean uh, very little Big Sean, but he's somebody that I haven't really explored much into. So he has a new album. It's called Detroit Two, and uh, there's a song with Post Malone. It's called Wolves on there, and that song's a fucking hitter, dude. What's that song called? Wolves. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, um, like you, like you said, he hits that chorus fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. I don't know how much of it is studio magic and studio production bullshit to make him sound like that, but it seems like he has a really genuine and unique uh, knack for um, especially hooks and shit and especially the melodics that he puts into his raps. You know, sometimes you're rapping and it's just spoken like this and then other times you're rapping and it sounds like this and shit like that, you know, like you put some right. harmony to it. And when he's doing that, you know, rolling, 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 rolling with my brothers like it's jonas jonas shit like that you know like he's got good he knows how to hit them melodies in a way that really stick in your brain and shit you know so he's good yeah is that oh is that one thing you try to work on is your melodies when you're rapping i i should use them more often in when i'm rapping because i know that the single that i put out the herb that was on isolating two that single like when i looked at it the other day the retention rate, um, you can look on like YouTube analytics and see like how long the average person viewed the video for. And a lot of my videos, the average is people only look at them for like a minute and then they click off of them. But on the, really? herb, on the herb, people are straight like hitting repeat and listening again from what oh, you can tell if they repeated the song. Yeah, it's it. They're viewing, you know, the whole thing and then watching it part of it over again, you know, so or listening to it over again. So I, I was like, the thing that makes that song so great is that I used a lot of melodics and harmony and shit in, in the actual verses, not just the hook, but in the verses too. And it was pretty catchy, like harmonies and stuff. And I had Dalton, uh, Tizzy Red, tell me that if that Isolating 2 had had nothing but bangers like that on there, it'd be fucking, it'd be critically acclaimed. Like, you know. Right. So I think that I need to incorporate more of the harmony and melodics into my verses and try to go that direction with it, and it'll be more successful or whatever. Well, personally, I also believe that you can, when you are harmonic and stuff like that, you can rhyme more words that aren't that don't necessarily rhyme with words to begin mm -hmm. with, you know. But then you can break it down to syllables and a harmony, and then rhyme different words. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, I lost you for a sec. I got a phone call, but I declined. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna no, I said, I think uh, per also, like, when you're harmonizing like that, you can rhyme different words that shouldn't rhyme with, you know, certain words. Because you you break it down in syllables. Harmo harmonic. Harmo how do you say that word? Harmonic. Harmonizing. Harmonizing, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, I hope I didn't cut out there for a few seconds. I was... Uh, 
composing a text message to my buddy who I had to let him know I'm doing the pod right now. Can't answer the phone. So some of that content may be a little uh, messed up and shit. But a little wishy-washy. Yeah, a little wishy-washy. A little bit of problems there. Just a little technical difficulties on my end. But anyway. Ain't, ain't like we ain't had it before. Ain't like we ain't had it. Uh, so, okay. So you quit gyms or you got fired from gyms. Yes. Is that the first time you ever got fired from a job? It is not. No. It's the first time I've ever been fired wrongfully and for no reason when I just right. when I just did my job and tried to work hard. But when I was younger, I actually worked at IGA in Jacksboro. Oh, did you get caught up in that whole mess? Did I tell you all the shenanigans we did at IGA? I think it'd be great content for this podcast. I know. I think I know most of them, but let's go. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of stories about IGA, dude. Um and I was that's a grocery store if you guys aren't familiar with. And for the record, I was never involved in any of the theft that took place there. Yeah. But I, but I did do some fucking shenanigans. So I worked there with Wayne and we just me and him had just become closer friends at the time. And he was just this influence of like, let's just fuck off and go crazy and shit. So we did all kinds of nonsense, dude. Keep in mind, I was a fucking youngster making stupid decisions like when I was young. You know what I mean? These are kind of things I would do as a grown man. But as a kid, I was like, hell yeah, it's fun to fuck off, you know? So there was people that would sleep on top of the bags of deer corn in the back and just ignore the calls over the intercom to come help stack groceries and shit. And we were taking... Oh, my God. We were doing all kinds of shit. One time, they wrapped me in saran wrap in the back. They cocooned me, (laughs) and they left me there to die. And (laughs) the manager found me because I was – I mean, I got claustrophobic and anxious at that point. I was like, somebody got to get me out of this shit. Like, you know, this was fun at first, but now – How many layers did they wrap you in? (laughs) Oh, they wrapped me enough where there was no way I was getting out. And so (laughs) one of the managers came back there and saw me flopping around like a fish out of water and was like, we got to cut this guy free. So they cut me free. And then I wouldn't give up the names of the people that wrapped me up. I wouldn't tell anything. And so they just uh, wrote me up for it. Was Wayne one of the ones that wrapped you up? I believe so. If my memory serves me right. I think what did Taylor, they wrap you to? I think Taylor Dillon was also in it. They, they didn't wrap me to anything. They just cocooned me. Oh, shit. So you yeah, they, move. Just, they straight cocooned me. So we also used that saran wrap to make a football. Um we wrap the saran wrap uh, in the shape of a football. And let me just tell you, when you wrap saran wrap over and over and over. Until Dude, it gets so hard. And when you're at the size of a fucking football, shit's insane. So we were throwing it back and forth in the back room. And when that motherfucker would hit you, it would just about crack your ribs, dude. Like, it would hit you hard. Like, it was hard to catch this bitch because it was, like, it was heavy as fuck, dude. It was (laughs) was coming in fast. It was like the medicine ball ball version of a football, dude. So we did that. Uh, We took little paring knives and went and we would just poke tiny holes in the two liters and hear the fucking carbonation go... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just hiss out, you know, and just just stupid, ignorant shit, you know, take the douches out of the boxes and fucking be like, oh, it's a douche or whatever, you know, from so just just ignorant shit. We threw tomatoes at the fan in the uh, in the like refrigerated area. And one time we tried to break open a coconut, dude. And that's that shit is the hardest motherfucking shit you'll ever do. We were throwing it. We were spiking it on the ground, trying to break this damn thing open, taking <laughs> knives to it. Finally, Wayne. uh Wayne got it open and drank the coconut milk out of it. Well, apparently he was allergic or something because like, <laughs> the next day 
the next day his whole face swole up all big and shit and so he was allergic to coconut milk or whatever so we just did all kinds of shit the thing that got me fired though was we were taking plungers and uh the fucking seal the floor tiles in that yeah. place were so fucking old and we would take them I've and stick them we would stick them to the ground and plunge up the floor tiles. Like they would just come right off the ground and we were plunging each other in the face and just being stupid. And they claimed they caught me on camera doing it. And so that I was fired and all this. So I got fired just, and I should have been, I was being a dipshit and everything. But the funny thing is they had to have caught Wayne on camera too. And they didn't do nothing to him. He didn't get fired or anything. Next thing I know, he's promoted to like working in the customer service booth and shit. He's still got his job and everything. So for the longest time, like me and Josh and the buddies and stuff had this going joke that Wayne like sabotaged me to get me fired so that he could get promoted or whatever. <laughs> and I don't know if that's well, true or not, but that's what I always, it always struck me as like, why didn't they fire him too? You know, what about they the just, deer corn? What you do? I heard oh, something about you and the deer corn. Oh shit. That's actually the best part of it. Well, when we had these little pairing knives that we got out of the cutlery <laughs> section, I fucking held one out with the blade, you know, extending from the pinky side of my hand. And I ran across and we had these bags of deer corn in the back that were heavy as fuck, just stacked up to the ceiling in our, you know, overstock area. And it was it wasn't my idea. I think somebody was like, run and cut that deer corn. It'll be hilarious. And I was just impressionable and stupid. So I was like, all right. So I ran and <laughs> I, you fuck. know, I. I slit the whole, I ran, jumped, slit the whole side of the deer corn and it just poured, like the weight of the deer corn on top poured the, that bag of deer corn out onto the floor. So it was just a fountain of fucking deer corn spilling on the ground everywhere. And, uh, I think oh, they you said cut this one bag. Uh, yeah, yeah. After oh, like, I heard after, you cut the whole fucking pallet. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember cut. I remember just cutting one bag, but uh, my memory doesn't serve me a lot of the time. So I might have <laughs> cut other ones, but I know there was deer corn everywhere. And they claimed that they caught me on camera doing that as well. And that was part of the reason that I, that I was terminated. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I heard everyone like, okay. So I heard what I heard was during the whole gas scandal thing. Yeah. I don't know. Were you working there when that happened? It was probably going on during the time that I was there, but I didn't really know about it. And then after I wasn't working there anymore is when I started hearing about people going down for that shit. And I guess Wayne avoided that somehow. And I, I don't know if he was involved or not, but he somehow never got in, in trouble for it or whatever. But tell him what tell him what that whole thing was about. Well, they were somehow they were stealing gas for people, right? Yes. Like a lot of it. I mean, I don't know exactly how they did it, but yeah, I don't either. It was somehow they worked the system and found a way that it wouldn't that the system would believe that it had uh, taken in the money for the gas. But you actually because the gas was on a separate system. So that's that's what I heard. And someone found out a loophole through it. Yeah, it was a loophole that they found. Everyone got fired for that. Yeah, everyone was giving their buddies free gas because they had like two gas pumps there at the IGA and everybody was giving their friends free gas when they'd come up and stuff like that. So my understanding was that, that it ended up being like thousands of dollars worth of gas that that IGA never made the money for. And, hundreds uh, of thousands. You you think hundreds of thousands? That's what, well, that's what Wayne told me. It was hundreds of thousands. That sounds like Wayne to hyperbolize like that. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of dollars is ridiculous. If we sat here and did the math, you'd have been, you'd have had to have been giving out free gas to everyone that came through every day for a few years. You know what I mean? Like, I would think. 
But anyway, I don't know the math on it, but I know it was a lot of lot of gas that was never paid for and reconciled. And so, yeah, people got in trouble. I don't know what names or who got in trouble and shit, but my understanding was that they it was the charge that followed them around for a while and made it difficult later on in life to, you know. Right. Well, yeah, they, it was it happened right before Thanksgiving. And then Wayne was the only one working Thanksgiving, he said. No shit. Which, at a grocery store, that's got to be fucking brutal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, considering all the people coming in to get turkey and bullshit. But, yeah, that's the that's the only job I was ever fired from before. This one, I wouldn't even consider it being fired because it was for absolutely no reason. I did nothing wrong. You know? No, you can't count that one. <laughs> and I think in his mind, he wanted to make it out like I quit. That way I couldn't draw unemployment. And he even said, you know, he told friends of mine that got back to me that he was that he was going to fight my unemployment tooth and nail to make sure I didn't get any of it and stuff. And the problem with it was the fucking unemployment these days fucking is just absurd with everybody losing their jobs with COVID. So I could never get a hold of their phone service. I could never get through to a person or explain my situation. I couldn't get in online because I had a previous username and it like had blocked me out of my username somehow so i just was never able to get on unemployment so this whole time i haven't had an income and uh, i didn't know if is there like an office i'm supposed to go to and tell somebody like this is what happened i need like i don't have any money right now like what am i supposed to do but i never could get a hold of anybody and i was just like it's just as well because i'm not i don't care enough about that guy to have some unemployment battle with him or whatever but it is shady and bullshit that in one breath he said I'm going to fight his unemployment. And in another breath, he said, I need him back because I wrongfully fired him or whatever. That's so fucked up to me. Yeah, just a shitty human being, man. The shittiest human being I've encountered in many years. I, I don't hate people often anymore these days, but I really do hate that guy. I got yeah, hatred. Fuck him. Fuck you, I Tim. Got, piece of shit. I got hatred in my heart for that cocksucker. And hopefully he gets his, you know what I mean? Because he treats people like trash. He makes you think he cares about you, then just backstabs you and shit. He's a piece of shit. And if he's listening, fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck you uh how so how did he why did he transfer your girlfriend out of the store oh yeah you already told me because he wanted to move on another manager yeah but, not only that well well i think the reason was because we started dating and he had some huge issue with it for some reason and uh he just uh he used that as the scapegoat to get her out so he could bring in his new people and then tried to tell me i didn't get rid of her uh, because of that or anything. So I don't want you to be mad at me. And I just told him, I don't want to talk about it, dude. Cause I'm, I'm not stupid. I know that's what you did. You saw an opportunity to have a justified reason to get rid of her. So you did it so that you could bring in your fucking stupid cunt or whatever. So it was just bullshit. But anyway, let's fucking move on to some more better content, dude. Cause this is, yeah, whatever. Anyway, you got some questions for me or what? Uh... Have you tried brushing your teeth in the shower yet? No, I have not, and I never will. Why? Okay, I try. Okay, I was against it for a long time, and I tried it. I was like, it's not too shabby. It's not too bad. I just don't see how that could be appealing in any way. I just, I, I'm one of those regimented people with a routine and shit. I couldn't imagine doing something that different than how I've always done it my whole life. You know what I mean? Just trying an all new thing, you know? But it's not too bad. Yeah. I've never had a shower beer. You st- wait, you still have never had a shower beer? Still have never had a shower beer. I don't drink as n- enough to have to take a damn beer in the shower with me. Or- oh, so you texted me the other day, or you said today, actually, you were 
Do you like the chiladas? Oh yeah, I love me some chiladas, man. I have. Was that like a Bloody time. Mary in a can? It's essentially a Bloody Mary. It's like uh, tomato juice mixed with Bud Light. So it's Do not. You a get the regular Mary. one or the spicy version. Uh, I don't get the spicy one, no, because I'm not trying to have all that heartburn. And I had an ulcer a while back. So oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I don't eat a lot of spicy shit anymore. And used to, that was all I ate was spicy everything. But it just messes with me now. So, yeah, I just drink the plain, straight-up Bud Light chiladas, and they're good, man. I like me some tomato juice. And I know that my love for Bloody Mary started when I had to get on a plane a while back. And we went to this bar there at the airport, and my dude that i was working with at the time it was a business trip he was like i like drink me a few bloody marys before i get on the plane and i was like i'm gonna have to have me a few bloody marys before <laughs> I get on that. was that before your first I... time on a plane no it wasn't my first time but it was it's one of those things like i can fly make it to, like when i lived in vegas i had to fly back from vegas by myself and everything and i hate flying i don't like it at all but somehow i managed it you know but then it Wait, was when years... did you live in vegas you don't know about this no, do tell. Okay, so, well, here's a whole nother damn story. Uh, I went to college after I graduated Jacksboro High School. It was paid for by my grandfather, who is my dad's dad, who's now deceased. Rest in peace. But Rest in peace, um, Gramps. Rest in peace, Gramps. Uh, he paid for my college and everything, and it was weird because we only really saw this guy, like, on holidays and Christmas because he always lived, like, out of state when we were growing up. So, so dude paid your college, and you, you barely saw this son of a bitch? He, he no, paid for he paid for me to go to Tar- Tarleton. I think it was a thing of like he didn't do right by my father when he was a kid, so he wanted to do right by us. By you, the yeah, next. Okay. So he paid for my school, and I was doing terrible. I was drinking and being stupid and didn't try hard, and I didn't even want to be in college. So he called me up, and he told me, like, since you're failing everything, I'll, you're going to come out here to Vegas and live with me, and you're going to work at my business. This guy was a millionaire. and uh, Oh, he wanted you to pay pay him back? Uh, no, no, no. No, he didn't want me to pay him back. He just was like, I want you under my watchful eye and I want you to work for me and see if that if you can okay, I got progress you. that way, since you're apparently not going to do good in school. So I moved out there with him and worked for him for a while and had a run in with a coworker that worked there. And it just was this huge thing. And then ended up I had to come back. Everybody knows the story about that. I don't think I do. But well, um, I, I hooked up with a coworker that I worked with who was. 10 years older than me and i was young i was 18 and it was i wasn't thinking straight i mean i'm a dude i'm an 18 year old kid you know what i mean so right. i wasn't i wasn't molested or anything like it wasn't against, <laughs> wasn't against my will but i definitely wasn't using my brain and i was 18 i mean i came I, but you know i liked it and yeah i mean i was a virgin so i didn't know oh you lost your virginity i lost my virginity in vegas man and apparently it's not gonna stay in vegas <laughs> wow, but yeah and it it just created this huge problem there at work. And I just learned after that, I was like, you don't, you don't, you know, I'm I, never going to do a coworker again. Yeah. And that's why it was so hard with the Aaron situation. Cause I always knew I liked her and stuff, but I was like, she's my coworker. So I, I can't proceed down. But then she ended up getting transferred and stuff before we really started dating. So it, it, you know, it was whatever. It just, but this situation was a chick that she she wasn't trying to be with me or anything. She just wanted to use me for sex or whatever. And I was a kid, and you know, it just turned out poorly. So I came back. But yeah, I was in Vegas for a while, and I forget why I was talking about. Oh well, okay. So I had to take that flight back from Vegas, and uh, I didn't have any problem with it. I looked out the fucking windows and saw the Grand Canyon and shit, and I was like, this is pretty cool. But then when I went to fly again several years later, we're talking like 
seven, eight years later with, for a business trip to go to North Carolina, I was like, yeah, I go through these phases where I'm more anxious sometimes for some years. And then I'm not as anxious other years. And sometimes things are harder for me than the other times. And I was just at a point where I was like, I'm not trying to fly, dude. I, I hate this. Dude. It's <laughs> terrible. And so I drank them bloody Mary's, um, at that, that bar there in the airport with my boss at the time before we headed off to North Carolina and, I had a great flight, dude. And after that, after <laughs> I've that, never I drank like, on a flight, but it sounds fun. Yeah, well, I didn't drink on the flight. It was at the bar um, there at the airport before we got on the plane. Um, but yeah, I was I was pretty lit, and the the flight was great. <laughs> so if I ever have to fly again, you know what I mean. I could never want to be. I could never be one of these, you know, celebrities that just has to fly somewhere every two days and be somewhere else all the time and all these flights and stuff. Like I just. I don't like flying, man. I don't like no, it's it. It's not that bad. I like it. I had to fly a 16-hour flight one time uh, going when we were going to Europe. And, oh, yeah. dude, I sat next, no offense to Muslims, but I sat next to this Muslim woman. Right. And it smelled so fucking bad for 16 hours. Ugh. I was just, and she kept eating, like, hummus and shit next to me. It was, oh, dude. <laughs> Brutal flight. It's the, when you're not of that ethnicity and you're not around it much and then you smell like the fragrances of like their food and like just yeah. their, their different like the, you know. Different culture, dude. The I different smells of different. It. Yeah, the different smells of different cultures. You're just not, you're not attuned to it. So you're like, this smells terrible. I remember as a kid going into like Hispanic homes of my friends uh, there in Jacksboro and there's just a distinct smell from like the cooking that they have and the the way they keep their house and stuff like that. It was just like, this is not normal for me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm a white boy. This stuff don't smell right. You know what I mean? But, but it's just, I, I think that's probably why you had that reaction to it. of just like, damn, these motherfuckers stink. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was cool, but I mean, I, I've never been scared of airplanes. I don't, I don't think. Cause I've flown ever since I was little a lot, Right. but yeah, a lot of people don't like to fly for some reason, which is understandable. Yeah, flying is just not really my thing. I don't like being, I don't, I don't like roller coasters much either. I don't like being strapped in and completely out. My my well being is in the hands. Yeah, I don't have control, and my well being is in the hands of someone else. And you're doing something that, I mean, you're thousands of feet in the fucking air. Like it, <laughs> forty thousand feet in the air. <laughs> it is dangerous in ways. You know, they say that it's, um, you know, more dangerous to drive ride in a car every day you're much more likely to get in a car accident than you are to get in a plane crash but nonetheless that doesn't stop my anxious mind i'm still like fuck a plane dude <laughs> yeah no i don't know i haven't flown in a while but last time i did fly was to vegas oh yeah what were you oh for the tournament yeah the beer pong tournament the tournament sorry i was choking on some vape smoke <laughs> what are you vaping nowadays you still you don't smoke cigarettes anymore right uh i occasionally i do i'll bum one from somebody but no i vape pretty much almost strictly i got this aegis mod that's like some sort of little box mod or whatever i don't i i'm a vapor or whatever but i don't know much about vaping i don't immerse myself in that kind of world or anything i just go up there and be like give me some juice like i'm just trying not to smoke that's all i care about and so like right now i got some sort of strawberry shortcake shit in the vape which is not too bad but Aaron says it smells like bubble gum. I'm like, that's weird. 
but essentially they might find out years and years down the road that we've been vaping air freshener into our lungs and so we're going to die in horrible They're spraying straight for breeze <laughs> yeah we're going to die in a horrible manner from this shit and that that crosses my mind sometimes and then i just pick up my vape hit it again and try to tell myself ah whatever but so you know they like doctors used to advocate smoking cigarettes like in newspapers oh in the 50s shit. yeah if you look at the commercials Mm-hmm. It was they, nuts. They would be like, "Oh yeah, smoking's all right." They'd say <laughs> shit like a pack a day keeps the doctor away and shit like that. They thought <laughs> they thought this shit was actually healthy. You know what I mean? And so, anytime these things pop up that they're like, uh, yeah, "This is the new miracle formula that'll ease your stresses," and uh, all this CBD and Delta Eight and all this bullshit, it's all just they just don't. There's not enough studies on this kind of shit to know how it's going to affect people in the long term, and so they just. There, there's not enough research that you can do on it because nobody's been on it long enough to see what the long-term effects are. And so I'm not saying CBD is harmful in any way, but in, in the case of CBD, like it's this thing they claim is this miracle cure and everything. And everybody hops on that bandwagon. And then it almost just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where when you rub some CBD cream on yourself, you're like, Oh, I feel so much better. And it's probably just all because just the placebo CBD has never worked on me ever. Didn't me either. Never. No. Not, no, but it's done nothing for me. I did smoke the, the Delta 8, and that shit works. You smoked that D8, huh? Yeah, dude, that shit works really good. Yeah, I've had a few friends tell me that they've tried out the D8 and shit like that, and, uh, you know, I'm just skeptical about any of that fake and bake type bullshit, you know. That no, it's take. not that. It's, it's, it's actually THC. And that's just... what they... I mean, that's what they claim, but there's there's got to be some other additives or something in there that's not like normal weed, you know? Yeah, that's... like they were they were doing that to actual THC cartridges, too, for a while. In Houston, I always heard about the fake THC cartridges were giving people trouble and shit. I think that in a way, somehow, it's, uh, it's synthetic. There's something synthetic in it. I just don't trust it because I know that K2, we talked about that on the last one with Destiny, I think, about smoking K2, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And and about how fucked up that was. I thought I was gonna fucking die when I smoked that that one time. And I, I just I'm skeptical of any of these new things that come out where they're like, well, it's just like this drug, but it's just a little bit different, and you can pass a drug test or whatever, you know. Dude, I watched a girl hit a uh, a six foot bong of of K two one time, and she just started screaming, and it it lasted probably an hour. She I was wouldn't there. stop screaming. I was there. Oh, you were there? You remember that? I can't remember what party house it was at. But... We were at, uh, um, not the Jasper, the Cedar House. Yes, yes. It was at the Cedar House in Jacksboro. And I showed up uh, maybe 10, 15 minutes after this episode happened with this girl. And they told they me. Were, they were smoking out of a, like a, a plastic six-foot pink bonk. Yes, and when you mainline fucking six feet of K2 into your system, like, that, <laughs> that chick's lucky to be alive in my opinion. I don't think she ever smoked before that. Yeah, Probably after that either. What a fucking way to start your drug career. Dude. Do you remember that? Like, that shit was bananas. I wasn't there for the screaming and hollering and bloody murder and all that, but I showed up afterwards and they told me the story. And I was just like, you know, always having kind of a sense of sensitive nature about weed anyway, like I have about because I'm a lightweight. I don't like to get too high and get to that level of freaking out and shit. It just like it just scared me. And I was just like, why would someone do that? Like to get themselves to that point of just absolute utter madness, you know, 
imagine taking a six foot bonger for regular weed. Right? I wouldn't no do it. Sh- no shit. And if but it was her K2? first time smoke, yeah, that shit's just insane, dude. People would tell me they'd smoke K two and everything would become pixelated and shit. Like I'm like, this shit just ain't. This shit goes against God, dog. <laughs> this shit, <laughs> this shit goes, goes against his against- will. This shit goes against God's will, dude. Y'all are fucking up, out. Y'all need the Lord, dude. <laughs> Y'all need Jesus. But anytime they're talking about smoking this new D8 or fucking just all this kind of stuff, I'm just like, I- I'm I'm never going to be the first one to try anything. I'm going to oh, wait well, till it's been out for a while, and then I'll be like, I might try this. You know what I mean? But If I'm honest with you, it feels like regular weed, but a little less um, in your face. It's more subtle. Right. Yeah, that's the only thing I've noticed. And I'm not educated in anything about D- Delta 8 other than the fact that it's supposedly one molecule different from actual THC, so it's somehow legal or something like that. You know, It's the, uh, it's w- what they call it, it's the precursor to Delta 9. So, like, it's a step before you get to real THC. I see. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's not something I'm going to try. I'm all, <laughs> I'm all right with regular ganja, dude. Well, here in Jacksonville, we can't find any. So uh, what? I mean, I probably could. Just I've never reached out to people. I haven't reached out to anybody. So, so you don't smoke real real weed anymore. But now you be smoking that D eight, huh? I tried the D eight. Yeah, but I haven't smoked real weed in fuck two years. My understanding is that on Delta eight, you get the same effects as weed. Like you get you get high. Yeah, you get high. It's not CBD. Like, you actually get high and stuff. Yeah, but it's just more subtle. Yeah. It's not as, like, it's not as paranoid feeling. You know how sometimes you get too high on weed and you're like, dude. Oh, yeah. The fuck's happening? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Like, you, did you, were you ever with me when we got those edibles and we went to the rodeo? I remember seeing you at the rodeo, but I wasn't with you and I didn't take any edibles. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, I saw you at the rodeo, though. That same night, I saw my stepbrother from years back, and this isn't the stepbrother on my dad's side, but on my mom's side, and he hadn't seen him in all these years, and he, the only words he said to me were, like, I, I went to prison and all this shit for a long time, and he was like, that's what happens when you take crystal meth through a school zone, and I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah, that was a uh, shout-out Dusty New, my middle stepbrother from years and years back. Yeah, crazy individual. New like I mean, Jarrett New or new like N E W? Well the funny thing is I had a stepbrother named Jarrett New and uh but it's Get not the, the fuck same, out of here. It's not the same Jarrett New. Jarrett not- New is N E U, New Money and all that bullshit. This was actually N E W. But my, my youngest stepbrother's name is Jarrett New also, but it's not the same guy. Not That's fucking rapper. hilarious. <laughs> not the uh, local legend uh Jarrett. The, yeah, the Jarrett. local the not for all legend, you heard? Local Jarrett New Money legend or whatever. Hey, I had him on the podcast, and it was a pretty good podcast. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, you haven't heard it yet? I've seen the podcasts that are there on Spotify, and I ain't seen one that says Jarrett New on it. I I don't think it says his name. I can't remember. I, I'll have to send you a link to the episode. But he talks about murder and shit in that episode. Oh. Good episode. You told me about, that. yeah, that he went into details that he wasn't comfortable having you publish and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think I released it though. Well, that's awesome. Fuck him. What are you going to do? <laughs> I never had any malice against the guy or whatever. It's just that, you know, competition of being the only two rappers in the 
Jacksboro. Oh, yeah. Area. The only two rappers are Jacksboro. But he wanted me to be on his shit and stuff like that some, back then. And I was just like, I don't really take this shit all that serious. I just he do got it one. He got one banger. But then you you trump him and everything else. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just a stylistic thing. I think he's he was always going to try to, with the crowd and the, the main. Oh, yeah. To try style. to actually make the money and get famous. Yeah. Trying to go. And his content was mainstream you know, uh, accessible type shit. Mine was just goofy nonsense, but vice versa. Like you, you probably don't give a fuck if you're famous. I don't. And that's, what's interesting about it. Brady told me the other day, uh, Brady Stradlin, my one of probably my best friend told me that he said, we were on the phone together and I was high as fuck. And he said, you know, you're an artist with a capital A. And I was like, damn, man, it's crazy. You would say that. I appreciate that. And he's like, no, I swear. You're just, you're like, all I'm not in the lowercase A. Yeah, he was just like, you're all the things that an artist is supposed to be and shit. And I was just like, wow, I'm surprised you think that because I'm not in it to make money or get famous or do any of those kind of things. I just like doing my own thing and saying, fuck the system and fuck the way it works. And I'm not out here marketing or pouring tons of money into it. I'm just trying to have fun. And hopefully my hometown people that have been listening to my shit for a long time enjoy what they're hearing. And that's all I really care about. As long as somebody listens, you know, I've never had any delusions that I was going to be some kind of famous rapper or anything. No, and you like to challenge yourself, which is cool. I can see that in every every next coming title that you bring up, you always want to get better and improve, and that's that's fucking awesome. No, I appreciate that, man. Did I have I told you that there's another project in the works that I haven't recorded yet? What? Yeah, yeah. What it's, we got? Uh, it's eight songs. I've already got cover art. I've got all the songs written. I've got rough recordings of them. I, you know, all I got to do is just study them and get every word down perfect and get in the studio and record them. But with all this that's been going on, I haven't had a chance to go up to Colorado and record with Brady. But yeah, I got another CD that's going to come out eventually for sure. Hopefully sometime this year. But um, have you thought about doing your own, uh, like, uh, I guess, what does they call that? Producing? Uh, no, no. No? That's, <laughs> my, mind, my mind just doesn't work that way. I, I can't make beats and. I recorded myself vocally on the like the cookie thing and the nostalgia thing, but it just the quality of the shit that I'm doing now is just trumped. It just trumps that old shit by so much. I listen to that old shit and I'm like, how did anybody like this? The quality is so terrible. Like I was recording it on a internal mic and on a MacBook and shit. And like, how is this? You was you was recording this shit on an internal mic on a Mac? Like, yeah, you're just built- screaming into the computer pretty much? Exactly. The built-in Dude. microphone. On the, the Cookie EP, Lost in Japan mixtape, is all recorded on the mic that's built into a, like, 2011 MacBook. So, Holy shit. So that's why the quality is, you know, not like it is now. When you hear the stuff I've made now, like, I have people actually recording me on actual good mics and shit like that and, like, you know, putting work into it. And back then I was just, I didn't take it seriously. I didn't think anybody was really going to care all that much. So I was just like, I'm going to use what I got. And that's another thing that's always made me like I am is that I don't go to extremes to find some studio to go record in, to spend a bunch of money on and shit like that. I'm just like, let me get together with my friends and record with the best shit we got. And then whatever comes out, hopefully people end up thinking that's cool or whatever. Right. Well, like I see a bunch of people, or I know a bunch of people that actually go to different studios and record their shit, but they pay so much money to See, record I'm a, their shit. I'm a broke bitch, man. I've never, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a penny pincher and I've never made tons of money and shit. So I don't always have 
that kind of money to throw at it. And if I, I think that if I wanted to, and I had the kind of equity to get something started and like pay big money to like, you know, really put a project out there and shit, it probably could get, you know, big, but, but there are fears of becoming successful that go along with the fears of failing too. You know, like I'm kind of worried. That's a good quote. I'm kind of worried of what would happen if, if I did somehow blow up, I don't think that's ever going to happen. You don't think you can handle it? I don't think I could. No, I don't think I'm built for that. I'm a homebody. I'm a loner. I don't really, I'm not going to go, I wouldn't do interviews or fly around the country or do all those kind of things scare me. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I wouldn't know anything but my home and where I live. So my, my ambition basically is to just do it for fun and be that kind of artist. That's just a studio artist. I I don't perform live. I I've never been a showman. Like even when I was in, Otis the axe and on stage I was I was blasted every time I can't believe I even did it but there's no way that I would be able to perform rap on stage like it's just not me I don't I, I probably could do it and people have told me like you could do it if you really wanted to but oh I for just, sure 100 percent I got too much anxiety about it and I, I just have so much trouble remembering my fucking lines man <laughs> like Dude, I, that's you know? what Lil Wayne says he can't remember his fucking lines yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I could get on stage and I, they're, the terror of fucking up my own lines and then having people boo me and shit. Like, I just I don't want all that problems. And I, I just have a fucking fucked off brain that I can't even remember the own shit I wrote. And then I hang out with other musicians who like wrote songs like 10 years ago and they'll fucking play them and remember every note and every word and shit. And I'm just like, that ain't me. If it's already written and done and out there, if I ain't listened to it in a while, I ain't going to remember, you know, much about right. it. Like, there's no way you remember every lyric to Norma Jean. No way. Uh, no. If I sat there with the lyric video, I could rap it perfectly. But, oh, yeah, you know, for sure. But, I mean, but I, if yeah, I just if gave I'm, you a song off the top of your head, like Android Nemesis, you didn't remember every fucking Yeah, word. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to have to ask you, like, wait, what's the first words of it? And then once I figure that out, I'll be able to make it through most of the song. But there will be parts where I'll forget stuff and be like, fuck, I can't remember what I said next. And with the beat playing and the song going – like as in the it in comes the, back to to memory probably yeah but that's how my memory works is i'm not one of those that can just conjure it up and hear the beat and just be like oh, i made this song like 15 years ago or whatever and i'm about to recite it perfectly you know maybe if i practiced hardcore enough and studied it and put that part of myself into it i could have developed that way of being able to do it on stage and shit but i've just never been like that i'm always on to the next thing once i've made a collection of songs i just i stop listening you to forget it. about it yeah I, f- I forget about it, and then I'm just like always. What's the next thing? Am I when am I writing new music? When am I putting out a new thing? What I'm just moving on to the next thing over and over and over. And maybe it's just uh, my drive to try and put out something that finally is that thing that like everybody thinks is sick as fuck. You know, maybe it doesn't get big, but at least all the people that love my stuff are like, now this is what we want to hear. And I really feel like the project that I'm working on now. Maybe I said it last time with isolating and all that, but I really feel like the project I'm working on now, what's written and what's ready to go is like more accessible. It's more um, it's more like my old shit kind of in terms of like choppiness and like uh, wordplay and stuff like that. It's not isolating. It's not about depression and the shit I've been through. It's just you're in a better place. I mean, it has those songs that have some meaningful real life value to them and shit like that. But just the bars and the the fucking the hooks and stuff like that like i i've talked to you know brady and and dalton about what they think of it and they're like this this shit right here is what you really need to to work on and so it's just eight songs and it's um i might already mention the name i feel like i told you this on another podcast maybe i didn't but it's getting closer to 
becoming a reality. I just need to get these few things figured out in my life and get to a more stable situation, get some money gathered up and then get out there to Colorado and record it, you know, go have some fun in Colorado. (laughs) I mean, you know, we're going to smoke weed, (laughs) but have you, um, do you still write every day or do you, have you stopped writing? Like writing, uh, rap songs. Yeah. Um, I don't write every day. No, I went through a phase where I, Dalton had all these tons of different beats and I was like, I'm going to go through and write a hundred songs in a hundred days to what you got. And, uh, and I wrote every single day. And now Holy I, just, now I just, because of the fact that a lot of those songs turned out kind of bunk, I realized that like, I need to wait for like a spark of inspiration to come up and then just write a bunch of songs in a short period of time, instead of just trying to write a song every day, like, because eventually the shit just, it's not as good. You can't, you can't have your best song come out every day in a row over and over and over again. Eventually they're going to get like, you know, you're going to trip over things and start repeating shit you've already said. And like, it's just not going to be as catchy and groovy and shit. So I just now like with this new CD, I, just got a spark of inspiration after a girl kind of screwed me over. And the whole CD isn't about that. You know, there's some elements of that in it, but it just, that, that, that uh, event kind of lit a fire under me. And then I took some tramadol and some hydrocodone and (laughs) dude had a good night. (laughs) Yeah. I had several good nights and wrote like a song a day for like eight days. And they all turned into this thing that when I put them to a CD and people hear it, I I think they're going to be like, this motherfucker was on drugs, but he wrote some good shit. Okay. That's my next question. So they say a lot of artists are better when they're on drugs. Um, Do you feel like you write better when you're on drugs? I feel like I do personally with the mental issues that I have. I don't think it necessarily every artist has to be fucked up in order to make great music. But for me personally, like it just seems like any of the times I've ever, you know, made great shit in my opinion was great. Um, I was at least high or drinking or taking pills and shit like that. Like that whole, you know, hydrocodone and tramadol thing lasted really shortly. Like, you know, right, I of course. Hard. I wouldn't. Actually, you, I don't think you could live doing that. You know, but like, what what does hydrocodone and tramadol feel like together? Uh, I I wasn't taking them together, but I oh, okay. Had, <laughs> I had during that time period, like I was getting a hold of each one of those things and uh, using it. But I I just I've I've always been that kind of person, and I had this conversation with Josh the other day about how some people, such as myself, and I guess him as well, have this like like this block where maybe it's the anxiety that you get, but it keeps you from being the kind of drug addicts that we grew up with me and you and in, in Jasper, right. the kind of people that'll, you know, fucking shoot up and fucking just get obliterated on everything possible and somehow think they're still going to live. And just, I I've never been to those extremes where I just got myself so obliterated that like, I'm lucky I lived it. You know what I mean? Maybe a few times, but I've never dealt yeah, in, like, like a couple of times, but like not, not, but I've never, you know, not every day. I've Yeah. And I've never delved into like hardcore drugs, never even seen them, you know, like that shit all scares me and stuff. I wouldn't know what heroin looked like if you put it in front of me. Same as me. <laughs> I, same. Yeah. Same here. I wouldn't you know, know. Or methamphetamine. I wouldn't know what the fuck that was. Yeah. Never seen either. You know what I mean? I wouldn't, <laughs> That's I wouldn't weird. know. Being grown around Jack for like, I've never seen meth. I would never. I'd be like, oh, that's meth. 
<laughs> but at the same time, you've smoked weed and drank and done like the more basic shit. You've probably taken a pill once or twice. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, Adderall's my shit. I love Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, but I don't take as much of that as I used to anymore because you know it just I'm getting older and I don't know now that anxiety has increased more to where I have like a the ceiling that I allow that I reach is lower than it used to be where I get to that point And I'm just like, uh, this is making me feel like shit. I'm feeling anxious. I don't want to take any more of this. You know what I mean? Like, well, and I think some people don't have that at all. And they, no, just, they just keep oh. going. And I think when I was younger, I was kind of like that, especially with drinking. But now like I got shit to live for and I got to work and I got to like, you know, make music and do shit that's important. And so now it's just like, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking die. I don't want to, <laughs> You have something to live for versus actually not giving a fuck what you live for. And some of these people will just go balls to the wall and get blasted on everything possible. And just they're the people that we we consider to be like mysterious drug addicts and shit. You know what I mean? And I've never been one of those that's delved deep into things. And like, you know. Right. But uh, yeah, that's never really been me. I like to drink. I like to smoke. I've taken pills before, but but I don't delve into that other stuff because I just have this anxiety about me that won't allow me to get too fucked up. And and maybe it's a it's a curse that's also a blessing because it it sucks, but at the same time it keeps me from putting myself in a situation inebriated enough to be in danger and shit or to try out things that are way too fucked up, you know. Right. Like I've seen people I've seen people go crazy on on just alcohol. And it's like, right. dude, how can you get that fucked up to where you're doing the most stupid shit ever? Right. I don't know. Like, pe- people love to tote guns when they're drunk. And I'm just like, why would you Why would you even bring out a gun? They definitely love that in Jacksboro, Texas. I know that. For sure. 100%. <laughs> Some gun-toting human beings. We got a lot of those over here in Weatherford, too. And, you know, it's just, it is what it is. How do you like living in Weatherford? I feel like that's a town where it's it's almost too big or it's too small with that many people. To me, Weatherford's the best place I've ever lived. I don't really? know how to explain. I don't know how to explain why, but like not long after I got here, I was like, I wouldn't mind hanging my hat here. You know what I mean? Like it's just the right mix of like country and city. It's growing astronomically as you know as we speak they're building gigantic apartment complexes all over town and all down 20 and you know heading towards fort worth and away from fort worth and there's just there's shit popping up everywhere so eventually it's going to be a fucking metropolis basically but but when i moved here i just knew like after delivering pizza at pizza Hut when i first moved here i was just like i love the the roads around here like i know every road like i know I, I don't know. I just loved the environment. I loved how it's not a huge town, but it's not, it's not huge, but it's got enough. It's got a little bit of everything. Right. And I, I loved that about it. And that it's like more of a country laid back town where you can go to the gas station and they sell fucking Delta eight and shit like, you know what I mean? But then you also <laughs> can go to the business district and eat at flames and fucking, you know, what get the fuck's flames. And it's this uh, little uh, bar slash restaurant that we have here. And there's, there's several, you know, of the bars that are aimed more towards like the younger kids and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know. I just, re- I really like it here. I, I, like I, I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. I can't, I can't imagine going back to Fort Worth or being in the big city again. I can't, 
maybe the number one thing is just the traffic and the the dangers of just like the crazy way people drive and shitting around here. It's just really late. Dude, they, they drive insane in Fort Worth. Like, and then you get over to Dallas and it's even crazier. I don't understand how people that that uh live, do that every day. Yeah, the people that live in the outlying areas and learn how to drive in an environment where there's like two stoplights in your town end up moving to like Dallas and coping with the way they drive over there because it it amazes me that we don't have hundreds of fatalities every day with the way people drive over there. You know what I mean? It's just crazy to me. Like I lived in Houston for seven years and they didn't drive like that. Like, but you go to Dallas and they're they're switching lanes. No blinkers, three lanes at a time. Like, what the fuck? It's insane and very. If you're high, like that shit will make you very scared, man. Like to see that shit going on. Maybe not everybody, but I know me. If I'm if I'm baked and I'm in a in in a situation like that on the road where people are just doing crazy shit like that, like it really freaks me out, man. Because uh, to flying around at seventy plus miles an hour down a road in a giant hunk of metal while there's other hunks of metal flying at the same. <laughs> yeah, they're going ninety probably. <laughs> Yeah, when you got just all these flying hunks of metal at these intense speeds, like, you know, the only thing that's really saving you is the amount of airbags that they have in vehicles now. Because I've heard of people getting an intense, serious wrecks that they should have died. But it's like you got these side curtain airbags, all these airbags, and it just creates this giant, uh, you know, fucking airbag that you just bounce around in there once it wrecks, you know. And so some of these people survive because of the ridiculous amount of airbags they got now. And so that kind of keeps me level-headed. I'm like, if I did get in some sort of brutal, horrible wreck, like at least maybe all the airbags would deploy and somehow I'd walk away without a scratch. But at the same time, have you ever been hit by an airbag in the face? No, I have not. I don't want to. Oh, Dude, I've been hit twice. One time I hit a pothole in my Mustang in Jacksboro. It was just a pothole. I just hit it hard. And yeah, it set off the airbag. You fucking knocked me out. On damn, dude, you must have hit that motherfucker going fast. I was going probably like twenty. It was on uh, Second Street. You got them malfunctioning ass fucking airbags. Then, god damn, it was in my old Mustang. Yeah, I fucking smashed smashed that bitch. What year was that Mustang? Two thousand three. Oh, they hadn't perfected fucking airbag <laughs> technology at that point. Yeah. They got it down to a science now, I think. I think they finally came along and realized, like, there's a way we can save lives if we install the right kind of airbags and shit like that. I don't know much about any of that kind of stuff, but I know that I've heard stories, especially when I was in AA and shit, about people that got in these horrendous wrecks and walked away without a scratch because all the airbags deployed and they were in a newer vehicle and they were like, just everything deployed and I was okay. I just walked away from it, stumbled away from the wreckage drunk and I should have died, but I didn't get it. You went to AA? I was in AA for, yeah, several different... How um, was that? Oh, man, that's a whole nother fucking animal, dude. I was, <laughs> in, I was in AA on and off for most of my 20s. Um, really? Yeah, I'd have these situations where I'd feel like my drinking was too insane. And, right. And everybody always told me, like, you don't drink that much. Like, you don't even drink liquor or anything. Like, what the hell? But I just I just always in my mind had this horrible problem and it was ruining my life and shit. And so I thought I needed help. And it just ultimately like taught me a lot of things that I still carry with me. But there were a lot of things I don't want to shit on AA because it works for a lot of people and more power to them and shit. And I met a lot of amazing people in there. But just for me personally, it was a way of life that didn't work for me. And uh, I think just age has taught me how to how to have better. Right 
how to cope better and how to have more um, of that anxiety I was talking about that keeps me from taking it to levels that just I don't need to be doing, such as driving blackout drunk and shit like that, you know. That's cool shit. You actually, like, took some stuff from AA. Yeah. Just from it, you know. Yeah. Like I don't condemn like I don't condemn it, but at the same time, it all I can say is that personally for me, it didn't work. But that doesn't mean that it hasn't worked for countless other people, which, you know, I got love for anybody that wants to get their shit together. And you I know, think they get a little too Jesus, Jesus-y. What do you mean? Like they, they try to put the Bible on you. There's ways that the Bible is um, that is put into it. It depends on the sponsor you have and stuff. But there's also okay. a lot of AA as well that's not as old school where you are expected to come up with your own higher power and there's not a whole lot of influence for you to choose that higher power to be Jesus or the Christian God and stuff, you know? So I don't, I think there's a lot of old school AA where, you know, some of the foundations of it are based in Christianity is what people claim and stuff, you know, but I was never in there felt like someone was pressuring me to believe in Jesus or. Okay. That's good. I I tried, but I I just wasn't able to form my own higher power. I was like, I don't know what that's supposed (laughs) to be. He's like, I failed at this. I don't know why. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't think I was my own higher power. I recognize that there are far higher powers than me in this universe. You know what I mean? But, but I couldn't develop an idea of like, who do I talk to? What do I, you know, maybe cause I couldn't get away from that Christianity that I was raised in well, um, and get away with that, get, get away from that idea of God, you know? What, what was that guy that did Waco? What was his name? The Waco, uh, David Koresh. Dude, he thought he was his own higher power. <laughs> I think it was David. Something yeah, David Koresh, that was it. Yeah, he, yeah, he definitely. I don't know, but uh, a is not all bad, and I'm not, I'm not here to condemn it or say anything bad about it. I just know that for me personally, it did not work, and I don't. There were a lot of things that got instilled in me in in AA that I had to work through to get away from some of the ideas I got from in there. But I still don't condemn it or hate anybody for it or anything like that. It at the time is what I thought I needed, and they just helped me the best way they knew how, and I didn't. You know, it just I didn't grasp it the way I was supposed to. And so do you think um, maybe you just you were younger and you didn't realize it or now that you're older that you would if you would say you're older now and you were at that stage in life, would you would you take the, the AA and go back and actually like take things in a different manner? I I strongly believe that, like, I won't ever go back to it. Like, I think no, I, I know. I know you wouldn't. But do you like, you know, sometimes how when you're younger, you do some stupid shit. And then when you're older, you look back and like, why the fuck did I do that? No, I don't look back on anything I've ever done with regret. Nothing. There's nothing I would have done different. Absolutely that's, nothing. That's awesome. That's <laughs> a lot of people how, regret shit. That's just how I live my life. I don't regret jack shit because I think all of it, as bad as some of it might have been, it, it all shaped me into who I am right now going forward and like i don't know so basic white girl i've done my past is what made me i am (laughs) i know it's pretty basic (laughs) and lame but at the same time i just i wouldn't i wouldn't take anything back because i wouldn't be the person i am now which i consider to be a decent person you know if you're a pimp think so (laughs) you're a pimp under pressure dog pimp under pressure baby if that's not, if that's not your next album title, I don't know what it is. Camp under pressure. There's got to be an album named that already. <laughs> so good. Camp under pressure. P U P, baby. <laughs> oh uh, shit. Well, 
All right, boy. I got to head out. I got to go do some shit. Word, but, uh, word. It was fun talking to you again. I wish Destiny would have got on, too. But yeah. I don't know. She was busy, I guess. Pretty, pretty good content. Pretty deep content this time. Not as much of the comedic aspects, but maybe something somebody can take something away from all that life experience and bullshit. Yeah, sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're depressed. It always depends. <laughs> well, I'm not depressed. It just this <laughs> this just went in a direction of let's talk about some real shit. Yeah, let's, let's dive deep into this shit. I don't know. But, but no, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on once again. And fucking yeah, I wasn't doing anything, and I'm down to do these whenever you want, man. At least at least until I get back to work, and then I'm busy much more of the time, you know. Well, I hope your car gets fixed soon. What? Oh, oh what's wrong? What's actually wrong with your car? So when I ran in that ditch, I bent back some of the frame. Apparently, it broke it broke up the splash guard underneath it, and then bent back some of the frame. And I think yeah. over over time, from like just you know just wear and tear, it ended up bending it further back into the radiator. So it punctured the radiator. Then it overheated, and it was a giant rainstorm, and I couldn't pull over anywhere. So I had to go like a mile, two miles with it overheated, which is not good, you know. No. So, so I had to do what I had to do. I couldn't pull over, and so that caused other problems you know but once i got it in and they looked at it they were like yeah the frame bent backwards into the radiator you might have fucked your motor when you um when you overheated it so there's just all kinds of stuff that needs to be fixed your whole front bumper needs to be replaced because it had issues you know what i mean just cosmetic stuff that i was like i don't care if the bumper flaps a yeah tiny, <laughs> a tiny bit or whatever it's not a big deal but once insurance got a hold of it they were like we'll replace your whole bumper we'll fucking do this and this and this and this and this and i was like well, thank God, man, because, you well, know, hopefully it, it didn't warp your heads. Yeah, they said that they they checked out the motor and everything over at the, one of the body shops here in Weatherford that's pretty renowned and shit. And they were like, no, nah, we don't see anything wrong with the motor. And even. Hell yeah. So they it's, said, uh, it's just replace our 80 or fix the cosmetic shit and you're good. Pretty much. They said some kind of uh, air conditioning line was damaged a little bit. They're going to replace that, too. But they went all out. They're like, we're, we're going to replace all kinds of anything that's remotely wrong with it. And you just pay your deductible. And I was like, this is a miracle because insurance has never done anything positive for me before. No, so, you always claim insurance and like, they, oh, we can't we can't fix that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was amazed. And when they told me that they were going to help me out, I was like, well, maybe this is the stroke of good luck that I've been needing to get me back on the road. You know, when did you find that out? uh within the last week i i asked okay. about it and told them you know i need this fixed and they said yeah we'll help you out so it's been in the shop and just waiting on parts so it could be another week to two weeks before i'm driving again but once i get my car back it'll be basically you know new and improved or whatever you got everything lined up for another job and shit too yes yes as soon as i get my car back i can go straight to work so it's just a waiting period Fuck now. yeah so it'll it'll all work out. It'll all be good. I got Erin now, so I'm not all alone to ponder all this bullshit all the time. So that helps out a lot too, having her. Oh, dude, being alone when shit goes wrong, it's the worst for me at least. Yeah, same. And same. you know, shit always goes wrong, and like once something else, once something goes wrong, another thing goes wrong right after that. And you're like, dude. <laughs> like sometimes you think about commit suicide, but then you're like, eh. See, yeah, that's right. that's the funny thing about the way my mind works is like when all this happened, occasionally I'd have that thought of like, well, you could just kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's kind of an intrusive thought. You know, you kind of just shake your head to yourself and you're like, why am I thinking that? And then you're just like, nah, probably not worth killing myself over. <laughs> I think a lot more. I think 100 percent every time something bad happens. Well, you can just you just you know die right now. <laughs> yeah, you can just off yourself. That'll make it better. And then you know it's the rational human being that's able to say like, nah, let's not do that. Yeah, we're good yeah. on that. <laughs> 
but there was a time I didn't think that way. But now it's just like, you know, shit's going bad, but I, I have a more positive mindset. Shit's going to work out, you know, so it'll all be good. Well, you have people to believe in you. I believe in you, nigga. For sure. And I'm lucky, too. I got a lot of good friends that care and that reach out to me and shit like that. Whereas before I was, you know, a little harder to associate with and depressed all the time. Nobody really wants to associate with somebody that's always doom and gloom. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But well, all right, me. brother. Well, I love you, and uh, yeah, I will have another podcast with you in the next couple of months. I got a couple of guests, different guests lined up, but b- before that next album comes out, for sure, Nate. Yeah, maybe closer to when uh, when it's in the stages of being recorded and laid down, I can kind of do some kind of thing, come on and talk about it a little bit, and we can just shoot the shit like usual, man. All right, brother. Well, you have a good night, and uh, yeah, go get you some saladas. No, I definitely will. Uh, yeah, let me know when this is posted and stuff, man. I'd like to listen back on it. All right, cool. Hell yeah. All right, I'll talk to you later, Doopy. All right, later, brother.